Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Missed Opportunities. Raymond, this game, really what it's missing is Tom Brady. And what I mean by that is Tom Brady was supposed to be on the Patriots when Jimmy G and our 49ers came marching into that stadium so we could defeat him with the Italian Stallion. And we're not getting that game. And in fact, he's on the Bucks, and we played the Bucks last year. So we missed that game. We missed that by, by, by a year, too. Like, like Tom Brady, that little sneaky little rat, has avoided us two years. He's managed to get it. He's escaped our claws. Uh, you know, ever since we sent him home packing with Kaepernick. Because the, the other time he beat us, we were like a shell of ourselves. We weren't even like the real 49ers. So he got lucky. You got lucky, Tom. Hopefully we'll see you in the playoffs. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Instagram, at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, you can find us at the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly want to get your feedback on what is going to be an exciting matchup minus a few elements that would have made it just a little bit sweeter. Absolutely. And as Raymond said, check us out online. Go to the YouTube channel. It is going off. We have so much going on there, and it is evolving every week. We're adding to it, and I really like Ray where the videos are going. I think our video content is on fire. But here we go. Raymond, it is time. We are going to New England to face the Patriots in what has to be one of the biggest games of the week. The Niners look like they have finally found some semblance of their former selves. They're putting this all together. And it looks like we have an opportunity to go in there and face another team, a team who's also been, you know, is kind. Of, they're not rebuilding. They're not. They're more rebooting. They're kind of in a reboot season, and uh, this will be very interesting. Niners kind of trying to re put themselves back together. Patriots are in the middle of a reboot, and uh, these are two proud juggernaut franchises. And uh, I think this is going to be the game of the week. Uh, here it is. It's our preview. One of my favorite days of the week. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here. You're professor of fanalism. I'm in the building too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom. Raymond, it is here. Preview Thursday. We are looking at the Patriots and 49ers. Week 7. The question is, can the Niners keep up what we saw Last week, it, the most brilliantly played game of the year. The most excellently, excellently executed game. Kyle Shanahan put together a game that reminded me of our entire season last year. And now the question is, can we continue this? Despite our injuries, can we, can, can we build on the momentum from last week and really start to get on a roll? This is game two 
of the gauntlet to. Right now, the current score is 1-0 in the gauntlet. So Patriots are up next. And this is a team, as we were saying in the cold the cold intro for the audio podcast, this is a a team that is in a bit of a reboot. You know, they've rebooted now that now that Tom Brady is gone. They have one Cam Newton who uh is, you know, looked really really solid in the beginning, but obviously, you know, after coming back from that COVID, did not quite look like himself last week. I know that the Patriots are definitely gonna be coming into Gillette Stadium wanting to punch us in the mouth, and we're going to go in there wanting to punch them in the mouth. Obviously, the biggest story of here, though, is not Cam Newton. The biggest story here is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to us four years ago, middle of October. I remember literally sitting in San Francisco with Louis B. We were going on the, the San Francisco boat party, and it was the day before the boat, and we saw our phones. They went off at the same time. Jimmy G had been traded to San Francisco. That It was so crazy i was so excited you know and we i was wondering if this guy played i was just hoping at the time that he was as good as advertised i was hoping that the guy that we got for a second round draft pick which is insane that i was hoping the guy that we got was the real deal and in my opinion he has been the real deal i think the only thing that's really set him back is injuries and and an ability to stay consistently on the field but hopefully we're we're past that this season hopefully we get another full season of jimmy g but obviously he is now going back to the patriots going back to the home that kind of developed him first and uh, i'm really excited for this game so raymond let's get into this brother let's start talking about what we're looking at start looking at these numbers here Week 7, this game is going to be at 125, Sunday, October 25th, 2020, San Francisco 49ers at New England Patriots. We are uh, 2 and we're we're 2 and 3 on the road, uh, at home and 2-0 away, undefeated on the road. New England Patriots are 2 and 3 uh, away, 2 and 1 at home. So this uh this game is going to be on CBS, which always sucks cuz I don't have CBS. And uh the Spread right now, Vegas has New England at two and a half point favorites, a very slim margin. Uh, they expect this game to be pretty tight with the total over, over under set at 45. All right, so let's look at some stats. This season, San Francisco is averaging 24.7 points per game this season. That's 20th in the NFL. San Francisco is surrendering. 21.7 points per game. So that's that's a very tight margin there. That is 10th in the NFL. New England is averaging 21.8 points per game this season, 25th in the NFL, and they are surrendering 22 points per game this season, 11 in the NFL. So not that great. The offense has not really been firing off too much for England. And New England, and uh, they're they're making about what we're averaging. So I'm kind of actually, even when I see those numbers, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure why Vegas thinks why Vegas puts us as the underdogs. But obviously, a lot more goes into how they build those algorithms than just simply you know what we're surrendering, what we're giving up there. That's like our basic breakdown, Raymond. Um, but of course, as with every season. This next, se- this next segment is the most important one and has been the most important one for us, and that is, of course, your injury report. Give us the injury report going into Week 7. Well, so far, it looks like things aren't looking good for Quan Alexander or Dante Johnson. Well, 
I don't care about Dante Johnson, but Quan, Quan Alexander did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. So even if he's limited on Friday, I really don't expect him to play. This is just another player. It's very frustrating from my perspective just because Quan Alexander has all the talent in the world, but he was coming off of a significant injury when John Lynch took a chance on him. And even though he played very well in the games that he's played in, He's been very inconsistent in terms of maintaining that health and staying on the field. And his injuries throughout these past two seasons aren't even related to the one that he was coming off of when he was with Tampa Bay. And he, he was a pro bowler in Tampa Bay, but that lo one lone season. So just another one of those players that for some reason John Lynch takes a chance on, hopes that they can kind of overcome their injuries and be tap into their potential and be the player that we hope them to be. But that just has not been the case with Quan Alexander. So very frustrating for Niner fans and for the defense as well. The same can be said for D Ford, another player that we took a big chance on. He was coming off of a Pro Bowl season and he has yet to play a full season with us. And he's going to miss a significant amount of time this year, just like he did last year. So back to back seasons with D Ford, just not being able to stay on the field. Very frustrating. He's out, Raymond. He's out till week 11. And Richard Sherman, both out till week. Like they're gonna miss the entire gauntlet. The entire gauntlet. Those two guys, you you can count them out. They're out. Yes. Yeah, so again, frustrating. So Dante Johnson, a, a bulky pick that I was never too fond of. I liked his measurements coming out of college, but he just never really. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. He was a full participant today. Don't really care what he amounts to tomorrow. But, you know, it, I guess just nice to have another body in there, I guess. Raheem Mostert, we know he's not going to play for the next couple of weeks. He'll be on uh, at least a minimum of three games on the short IR list. Joukowsky Tart didn't practice yesterday or today. So his outcome, his, um, the likelihood of him playing on Sunday is very, very slim. I doubt he will play. Trent Williams was in limited practice. He'll probably go this Sunday, so that's good. We'll need him because we know that Ben Garland was injured in the victory over the L.A. Rams. So we just lost our center, who was actually the backup to our starting center. So now we're on our third-string center. And I'll get more into that in Players to Watch. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., the last person on this week's injury report. So thankfully it's a short list, but it, there's still a significant names on that list regardless. He was a limited participant today in practice. On the New England side, you have one of their offensive linemen dealing with an ankle, Jermaine uh, Elumunur. It almost sounds like manure. It's uh, Munor. He uh, did not practice on Wednesday. There's a... You know, not sure he will play. James White, not injury-related, but didn't practice two days in a row. So that's not good in terms of just trying to get into rhythm and getting your reps ready. He will most likely play on Sunday. Adam Butler, defensive lineman, uh, been dealing with a shoulder injury. He was limited in practice the last two days. Kyle Duggar, defensive back, ankle, limited in practice the last two games. Julian Edelman has not been quite himself Majority of this season has been dealing with a knee injury. He was limited in practice this day, but he will most likely go on Sunday. I expect all the last aforementioned players to play this coming Sunday, albeit Julian Edelman will not be at his uh, full strength. Shaq Mason, offensive lineman, has that calf issue. He was a limited participant today. He will most likely go. And then Derek Rivers, defensive end, has the back issue. He was a limited participant today, and he will most likely go on Sunday. So, I mean, 
we definitely have more marquee names in terms of players missing. Although New England had a bunch of players opt out um, from COVID before the season even started. And we know that they also have a couple of the losses. Two out of their three losses can be attributed. I mean, we can arguably someone could make the case and say that these were COVID losses. You know, we know one of those Cam couldn't play because he had COVID or was exposed to COVID and had to be quarantined. And then we know that they Patriots didn't get a full week of practice because of COVID and then had to come into a come in and play a game anyways, despite not having the, the reps necessary for practice leading up to a game. So that left them cold and, you know, coming in soft for that game. And they ended up losing last week. So they're going to be looking to definitely kind of regain some momentum and get back into the win column. One win puts them back at 500. So that's really where they're at today. But I mean, overall, you know, some frustrating. It's still every week. It seems like it's going to be very frustrating for a Niners fan here because this is going to be a, you know, to me, it's like 50, 50 chance. They win each of these games going forward. Um, and without star players, especially someone as dynamic as Raheem Moser, I mean, that really does limit the running game. Not to take away anything from Jarek McKinnon, who's looked great all season, but he does, does not have the explosiveness or the lane reading that Raheem Mostert has. Or I the don't. yak ability. Yeah, I mean, I think he's good. It, he's Again, like I've said, he's the best receiving running back on this team. But at the same time, even though he has good vision uh, out of the hole and into, into open space, just not the same caliber of Raheem Mostert, which is why he's the number one. So unfortunate. But I mean, uh, overall, both these teams, I feel like, are coming in with, you know, a bit of a limp, um, if you want to put it that way. So we'll just have to see how it translates on the field. Yeah, I would say I would say that we're coming in with a bit of a physical limp, but uh, from a psychological standpoint, a pretty big high after a huge win. You know, and I, I still expect the 49ers to to put this game together. And I, I, I believe we're going to win, which we'll talk about, obviously, towards the end. But let's go into your matchups, Raymond. What do you what do you see? Where do you see this game being won? Well, I mean, matchups, matchups is always going to be an interesting thing, right? So, you mean, you have coach Belichick versus Shanahan, the best play caller in the game versus one of the greatest, one of the most successful coaches of all time in terms of Super Bowl wins. He's the greatest of all time. In terms of wins, I think that's still in Don Shula's corner. But in terms of play calling, scheming, gosh, these guys are pretty neck and neck, I would say. I'd give a slight edge to Belichick just from experience and having all of that winning experience. I'd give a slight edge to him there. Got to give it to him. Even though I don't care for the team, um, I still got to give respect where respect's due. Quarterback, I think the quarterback's the edge obviously goes to Jimmy. If there's one thing that Cam, if we were talking about just pure mobility and size and strength, then sure, I would give the edge to Cam Newton. But Cam Newton is a shell of himself. I mean, I was being a little cheeky at the beginning of the cast when I said it was a has-been Cam Newton, but let's face it, he hasn't looked like 2015 since 2015. And that was five years ago. And Cam Newton has been battling injuries ever since then. He's always had an issue with completion percentage and accuracy. I expect that to be the case coming into this game because it's just it's just who Cam is. Unfortunately, he, you know, he's he's a better mobile quarterback than he is an accurate quarterback. And that's just the name of the game with his playing style. And he's not the only one that falls victim to that, but that's just where where I see the matchups in. Wide receiver, gotta give the edge to the Niners here. I mean, uh, New England, 
don't, don't, does not really have a big threat outside of Julian Edelman, who's really their chain mover, not necessarily their deep threat or go-to guy. So I would definitely give the receiving edge. I mean, you got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, multi-versatile weapons that can run the ball as well as catch the ball. And we know that Debo Samuel is kind of the, definitely gets the lion's share of some of those dynamic plays, the jet sweeps and such like that, the reverses. So we're going to see a lot of that happening here and see if New England can figure it out because every play looks the same on Kyle Shanahan's end, but the defense doesn't know what's going to come out of that play once the ball snapped. And that's the challenge when you're facing a Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, tight end, I think it's no contest. George Kittle obviously gets the edge there. I like, I really like that. That's going to be a very tough matchup for whoever is in charge of covering George Kittle in that matchup. So again, another edge over there. Running backs, you know, we're going to be seeing James White and, you know, New England doesn't really have a running game. They didn't have a running game last season when Tom Brady was the quarterback. It was really kind of more of a passing attack with a kind of committee running back that was average at best. So I'm going to give that edge to the 49ers there. I think Jarek McKinnon, his ability to catch and run, gives him an edge. And we don't know who we're going to get the number two. Is it going to be Jeff Wilson Jr.? Or is it going to be Jamichael Hasty, the undrafted rookie? I really like what I'm seeing out of him. Seeing a lot of bursts, a little bit of shiftiness there. Kind of feel like I, we should give him another shot, give him in there, give Jeff Wilson some other role, make him the number three back in today's in, in, uh, Sunday's contest. But I'd really like to see some more Jamichael Hasty coming into this matchup here. Um, I just feel like there's a, some a little bit of potential there that we have yet to see. Saw a little bit of flashes against the Rams, and that was during a time when, guess what? You know, the Rams were still in it, so it's not like we were like blowing them out and just giving him some garbage time touches. It was he was getting some legitimate touches in the game where it mattered for him to get yardage and get first down. So definitely would like to see some more out of him defensively. Um, this is defensively, I kind of give a little bit of edge here i'd say the secondary in terms of health i gotta give it to the patriots although we're playing pretty solid ball i mean between you know jimmy ward uh emmanuel mosley and jason verrett three solid players that played lights out last week the only problem is going into this week we're going to be minus jaquaski tart who we had last week so i'm going to give the edge to new england there in terms of linebackers i mean I don't think there's anyone better that's going to be playing on Sunday than Fred Warner. So in terms of the person that's going to be calling plays and leading the charge, Niners get a clear edge there in uh, Warner. We know Drake Greenlaw is going to play. Quan Alexander is not going to play. So, uh, you know, I give them the edge defensive line. I'd say this is about even. You know, we're missing a lot of pieces. They don't have a lot of pieces, you know, so it's, it's pretty even in terms of that. And, you know, I, I think I would even give a slight edge to New England in this category just because we're just not getting the pass rush that we have gotten that we got last year. And it's just it's mainly because of health. And there's nothing really we can do about that right now. So I'd give them an edge there. So overall, I would say defensively, I'd say New England's just a smidge better. But offensively, I feel like there's just a lot of matchup problems that the 49ers you know, will be giving to this New England's defense, even though they are pretty solid overall. I expect them to force us to be one-dimensional. They're going to really going to focus on stopping the run so that Kyle Shanahan does not have the opportunity to set up the play-action pass and all of the gadget plays and the pre-snap motion. We're going to get that anyways, regardless, because you got to keep them honest. But 
New England's definitely going to try to make Jimmy one-dimensional to have him not rely on the run. So, And Jimmy's prepared to throw that. He's had to air it out before. I think he's going to definitely be fired up to play good and keep the momentum going from the Rams to New England, especially as being the, this being his former team. But uh, so far, I would say offensively, Niners have the edge defensively. New England's got a slight edge. That's defense compared to defense, offense compared to offense. I agree with that, too. That the New England has a slight edge, I think, uh, defensively, and that we have the the edge offensively. But I think the tail of the tape on both of these both sides of the ball, I think the 49ers defense is going to have an easier time shutting down Cam Newton's led Patriots offense versus New England's defense shutting down Jimmy G's offense. 49ers yeah, there's, offense. Yeah, I, I agree. There's there's just too much versatility. On the 49ers mm-hmm. side of the ball between B- Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne starting to get into the mix. George Kittle is impo- – you have to face mask him in order to bring him down for Christ's sake. Every time. So, <laughs> face mask him every week. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that coupled with the fact that you have running backs that can also catch and run out of the backfield, it's just it, it's just you don't know. You don't know who the ball is going to go to, you know, and all of our players are designed to get yak, and I think that's just too much – it's going to be too much for New England, so there's just a big edge right there. Whereas New England's offense has yet to gel. Cam has missed a game, and in other and in other games, he's really looked like just kind of looked like a shell of himself. You know, I his health is an issue, and he does not have the luxury of running that linebacker size six plus. 250 260 pound body out there anymore because he's just taken too much of a beating over the course of his career that even though he has size going for him and has always had that going for him he just no longer has the durability to sustain the blows that he sustains because he's just never been a smart runner he was like reckless like rg3 who blew out his knee um so if 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 it comes to that I just really don't see mobility playing a big factor in his game the way it has in the past and the way it does for some of the younger guys coming into the league that have that mobility like the Kyler Murrays or even people that are very elusive and have just sustained really good health throughout their careers like the Russell Wilsons of the world. So I just don't see him having that same type of potency in his game. He's really going to have to rely on sitting in that pocket or maybe using some scrambling ability to at least get outside the pocket to keep plays alive if he wants to have a chance against this defense. Because I expect the corners to continue to play well. They've played well for the most part every time they've been there. Emmanuel Mosley is probably the one guy that might get you, give you one explosive play per game. But that's really it. So I, I, I don't see a lot of mistakes here. The one uh, lingering issue, though, is also is the absence of Jaquaski Tart, who, again, a Trent Balky pick, for some reason, just cannot stay healthy. Um, great when he's in there, but cannot stay healthy. I mean, pr- praise praise somebody. Praise the Lord be that Jimmy Ward has now become the Iron Man because he's completely flipped the script. So congratulations to that. We have the versatility that he brings to the table, and we also have the luxury of him just being able to, for somehow, he's just now figured out how to keep his body durable and how to stay in there. So thank God, because he's great. He can play corner and safety. He can also play the run and the pass. So just really one of the best all-around defensive backs that we have in that backfield right now. So I expect a lot out of him coming into the Sunday contest too. So let's talk about some concerns that I have going into this game that I think are, are worthy of note. The 49ers only scored three points in the second half of that Rams game. 
Now, while we have talked about a lot of those weapons, those weapons seem to be unable to generate any kind of... They generated some offense, but it wasn't turning into points. And despite all those weapons, Mostert out of the game clearly, clearly was a major dent. And the question going into this game, can the 49ers rebound, recoup, and play a game, a successful, can they execute a successful offensive plan without Raheem Mostert? That is the question that I, that faces Kyle Shanahan going into this week because it's been two straight quarters of football. The last two straight quarters of football, we only generated three points. So that's a big concern. My other big concern, we have had an issue, and everyone does, but the 49ers in particular have a real hard time with mobile quarterbacks. Cam is a mobile quarterback. And if our secondary starts blanketing those guys, covering everyone, I mean, Cam is the type of guy who's going to make plays on his feet, and he's going to make them quick. And so that that is a place where we're, we're exposed, and that that is definitely a position that makes me nervous. It's like the the cornerbacks do their job. The secondary does their job. They do such a good job that it forces Cam to run, and he starts gashing us with on his feet. And so that, I think, is the the biggest place we're going to be most vulnerable can we stop cam if he decides to take off that's number one and then number two can kyle shanahan put together an offense that doesn't have raheem Mostert in it can he put together a successful plan that can be executed now i know the answer is yes i know he he can on paper but can this team execute it that's really the question I think so. I mean, they're coming into this week knowing that they don't have Raheem Mostert, so that means Jack McKinney is getting all the first-team reps. Jamichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. are also getting first-team reps. Everything's being schemed around the players that he has versus losing Raheem Mostert halfway through the game against the Rams and having to pull in McKinnon and Mahasty to pull it to pick up the slack versus game planning with them in mind. So I think the idea was for Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert was getting like majority of the lion's share of the snaps. You know, Jarek McKinnon didn't really see action until Raheem Mostert went out. So he wasn't. He was really an afterthought in that game until we had no other choice. Where versus this time we go in with the game. Now I know that he looked good against the Jets and the Giants, but those were the Jets and the Giants. You know, so New England's actually a much better team despite the fact that their records are not too far off from each other. You know. Uh, they're still a much more talented team and have a lot more, you know, capable players on that roster. But at the same time, I feel like Kyle Shanahan being able to game plan with knowing what he's going to get, what personnel he's going to have at his disposal going forward, I think will really kind of help, you know, everyone know what to do, where to do it, how to do it, where to be, where they're supposed to be versus having to improvise some of those roles because guys go down unexpectedly halfway through the game. Not that that's something he's unfamiliar with or unprepared to do, but at the same time, the Rams made some second-half adjustments defensively that really kind of stifled the Niner offense and caused a lot of three-and-outs and punts. And it was really frustrating to see because San Francisco didn't necessarily have an answer to their adjustment. Whereas most of the time, they're really good in those second half adjustments. But um, I expect that to be a little bit easier this time around just because I feel like the L.A. Rams defense is just... Even though I think, you know, statistically, gosh, I would say, I mean, where are these guys? Statistically, I mean, the Rams... The Rams are a bit better, you know, than the New England Patriots, at least in terms of um, 
what is it, total yards? Yeah, total yards. They're number 10 in the league. San Francisco's number 11. We're right, we're right uh, behind them. Well, I take it back. You know, actually, New England is the better defense, at least in total yards they are. New England's number four. So, but, you know, Rams, I just felt like division game, you know, division game, especially in the NFC West, those teams always play. Those are like playoff games when those when those teams clash, um, you know, the, the two times that each team clashes throughout the season. I feel like they're always playoff caliber games. Even the opening game in week one against Arizona went down to the wire, came down to a final drive before the game was decided. Uh, same thing with the Rams. It came down to a final, you know, had to get a final first down so that you wouldn't give them another possession because this game was still a one possession game. And that's just how it is in the NFC West. So even though I even though the Rams look like the better defense on Sunday, statistically, overall, New England is a better squad. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like Kyle Shanahan's preparation for this game, I just think it's I feel like it's really going to be sound. You know, I'm again, Kyle Shanahan caters each offensive game script based on the defense he's going to play. He doesn't just roll out the same stuff week in and week out and just wait until you figure it out. Everything is tailor-made, very similar to how Jim Harbaugh and his staff would prepare for opponents, although for some reason, um, offensively, he would always play down to the talent of whoever we were playing, and defensively, we were always very consistent because Vic Fangio was just like, nope, I'm just going to do the same thing every single week. So here's a question, Raymond, because we got to go. we got to get out of here, but real quick, who are the players to watch for? What is your final score? Okay. So on the defensive side of the ball, I really need to see something out of Javon Kinlaw. It is time for him to start making some bigger flashes on that defensive front. Kerry Hyder's been pretty consistent. Eric Armstead is getting double teamed like crazy, much like DeForest Buckner did when he was the lone horse on that line. And Eric Armstead just not the same player as DeForest Buckner, who, again, got 12 sacks while getting double teamed all season long. Very impressive. So Eric Armstead just not seeing the same success. So if somebody can step up on that line, it'll take away some of those double teams and really force offensive lines to consider other players in their uh, protection and blocking uh, uh, assignments. So Javon Kinlaw on my watch list for that. And Jared, uh, I'm going to go back to... um, Jason Verrett, um, uh, he had that big pick, amazing pick, and amazing coverage all game long. We're really going to need him in this game going forward. Can he help produce some other turnovers and build some more momentum? He's looked good every single week. He's gotten better and better and better. Now we're up to the picks. He's got great vision and good hands, so I'd like to see what he produces on the defensive end. Offensively, I think it's pretty easy, um, for me anyways. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Jimmy Garoppolo. How does the ankle look after another week removed? We know that the game plan was set to get the ball out of his hands quick to avoid the fast pass rush of the L.A. Rams, and he also kept everything short and underneath. Flats, um, quick passes, his longest pass was the one to George Kittle, who did most of the legwork after that. But uh, outside of that, he kept everything really, really short and tight. That way, Jimmy could get the ball out within two seconds and you could avoid any sort of pass rush or pressure. And let's see if he does some more of that or if we're able to stretch the field a little bit. Are we able to open it up a little bit? How's he look on that back foot? He looked pretty good last week. 
although it was a short passing game in order to kind of mitigate the pass rush and mitigate any kind of pain he might be going through because he obviously wasn't fully comfortable, but he was a lot more comfortable than the Miami game where he got pulled uh, at, the, at the half. So Jimmy's uh, the one to watch. And then the other one to watch on offense, probably, gosh, I'm actually going to go with Jamichael Hasty. I'm going to go with the rookie undrafted running back. Is he going to be able to produce he looked flashy last week. Is he going to be able to do that against a much more talented run defense in the New England Patriots? Will, will they be able to establish the run via him, Jarek McKinnon, whoever else they use? But I'm looking to see more to Michael Hasty this week and see if he's going to be able to help contribute to the running game. Nice. All right. And so my guys to watch, uh, I agree with you about Javon Kinlaw. It is time. He has been on my watch list several weeks in a row. A couple weeks he, he uh, uh, a couple weeks he's looked good, and then other weeks he's kind of disappeared. He, we need him to step up. This is what we, we brought him for. I know that he doesn't have the weapons around him, you know, to maybe make his job easier for a rookie, but it'd be nice. It also would be nice to see Eric Armstead show why he got that giant contract at the at last year and prove that he can be on a level to DeForest Buckner, and it doesn't matter if he gets double team. I still want to see him get in there. So those are the two guys I want to see on defense. On offense, I want to see one player and one position. I want to see... Jimmy G, of course, how does he look again this week? And then the next, the offensive line. Can they put together a, as brilliant a performance as they did last week? If you can stop Aaron Donald, you should be able to stop the New England Patriots. Aaron Donald is the nastiest defensive lineman in the league. So if you can stop him, I believe you can stop the New England Patriots. Can this offense keep Jimmy upright for four straight quarters? Raymond, final thing. What's this final score? Who wins this game? I feel like this one's going to be another tight one, probably another one possession game. I'm thinking something along the lines of 27-21 in favor of the Niners. It's so weird, man. It's like we read each other's minds. I was going to say 27-24 in favor of the Niners. <laughs> oh, Once again, me and Raymond have the same score, but this time we both agree on the winner. I almost should just pick New England because maybe that's going to – maybe maybe I'm jinxing us by, <laughs> by us both picking the Niners. But uh, Raymond says 27-21. I say 27-24. What say you, Goldcast Empire? Who do you think is going to win? What is the final score? Let us know in the comments at youtube.com slash the gold cast. And we'll be back next week to recap this episode. And so concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa third. And with me is my brother, my co-host Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.